This is Arab Talk on KPOO 89.5 FM in San Francisco. This is Arab Talk with Jess and Jamal. I'm Jess Nam. And I'm Jamal Dejani. Jamal, the catastrophic situation in Gaza continues unabated. As we speak today, over 26,000 Palestinians have been murdered, and that's close to 12,000 children who've been murdered in the genocide that Israel is committing in Gaza right now. Close to 68,000 Palestinians have been injured. 90% of the homes and buildings in the northern part of Gaza have been absolutely destroyed. Palestinians living in Gaza right now, primarily living in tents or outside. The weather conditions are terrible. It's cold. It's rainy. There are infectious diseases that are running rampant right now for Palestinians who are living outside and in these close quarters. And the military campaign, despite the ICJ ruling, continues at a very intense, rapid rate. So, Jamal, we have a big show to go over today. We have a lot of topics, including hearing about the ICJ ruling. We're going to hear about the suspension of aid to UNRWA, which supplies the you know, food supplies to Palestinians in Gaza, which is being cut. We're going to continue to talk about the Israeli really bizarre, illegal uh, idea of resettling uh, Israeli settlements back into Gaza at a time when this genocide is occurring. And we're going to talk about some of the political implications with Joe Biden basically saying, who cares about Arab American voters? But probably the most important thing for you and I to talk about, Jamal, it appears that Nancy Pelosi believes that pro-Palestine activists are taking money from Vladimir Putin just to be pro-Palestinian. One of the most bizarre things that Nancy Pelosi has ever said. So we have a big show today. Totally bizarre by Nancy Pelosi, and we'll talk about this. But let's start with the uh, ICJ ruling. Just a a brief summary for those who haven't been following uh, all the details, and we won't go into all the details, but basically the court ordered Israel to refrain from any acts uh, that could fall under the Genocide Convention and to ensure its troops commit no genocidal acts in Gaza, which is which is very, very, very important. Uh, important. Okay, now a lot of people are complaining. They're saying the ruling uh, basically did not call for a ceasefire, but that's not. This was not the purpose for the right. ruling. Just for a lot of people don't know that that wasn't the purpose for the ruling. The ruling required Israel to prevent and punish any public incitements, which we've been right. seeing day in, day out to commit genocide against Palestinians in Gaza and to preserve evidence that's very important related uh, to any allegations of genocide. I mean, to preserve evidence and what happened uh, just uh, within the past few hours, Israel has erased an entire cemetery, you know, like uh, that uh, people who, who got killed near hospitals there. And of course, which is another thing that Israel is violating, which is uh, to take all measures to improve the humanitarian situation for Palestinian civilians in the enclave. And it's very important uh, to, to mention that this was a supermajority ruling right? with 15 out of 17 judges uh, voted in favor. One of the judges is, is Israeli, uh, just, just to mention that, uh, you know, basically imposing the so-called Provisional measures, including the court's uh, president, uh, uh, Joanne Donahue, who is from the United States. Right. 
The right. only judge that voted against everything in those rulings is uh, Judge Julia Sebunitide of Uganda, who was the only one to vote against all six measures right. by the court. Mind you, Israel's ad hoc uh, judge, uh, Aaron Barak, voted against four measures. So, right. so she, right. <laughs> she has outdone him. But it, we should know that the Ugandan government issued a statement two days ago saying that the voting of the Ugandan judge does not and is not consistent with how the Ugandan government sees the situation. So even the government of Uganda distanced itself right. from its own from its own judge in the ICJ. Rather, rather uh, interestingly. So what happens now? Basically, just is Israel is required to submit a report to the court on the steps it has taken to comply with the orders within one month of right. the ruling. And they, then the court will examine in detail the merits of the case, a process which could take years. years. So, yeah. I mean, you know, and but, of course- But it's important, Jamal, I'm sorry to interrupt, but it's important. I mean, the kind of big picture also is that the court found that the South African case had cause for it to further investigate the possibility that, je that Israel is committing genocide. They could have just looked at all the evidence and stopped it completely and said that there was no evidence. So even though they didn't demand a ceasefire by Israel, they did find that there was compelling evidence to support the South African case that the possibility of genocide was real, and they allowed the case to go forward. And as you rightly say, now Israel has to basically show the evidence that it's complying by 30 days. And given the way things have been going since the ruling, Jamal, Israel is just ramping up the aggression against Palestinian civilians in Gaza. They have no intention whatsoever to stop this genocide. Yeah, and this is what Israel and the United States and others uh, who support Israel wanted uh, for the ICJ to basically throw the case out of court and yeah. say, yeah, we don't have any evidence. It's very important also to talk about um, the Genocide Convention because this is all based on the Genocide Convention, Jess, right. which is the 1948 Genocide Convention, <laughs> ironically, same year of the Nakba, but right. basically enacted in the wake of the mass murder of Jews uh, during the Holocaust by the Nazis. And it defines genocide as acts committed with intent to destroy, which we've seen Israel doing the destruction in whole, or part, uh, in, or in part, a national, ethnical, racial, or religious group. And uh, Israel has been destroying Gaza, killing uh, Gazans by the hundreds, 200, about the 200 people get, are getting killed on an average. Every day. day. Every day. And acts of genocide include, uh, inc include the killing uh, members of the group, causing serious bodily or mental harm to members of the group, and deliberately inflicting conditions of life calculated to bring about the destruction of the group in whole part. So starvation, which we're seeing, preventing aid, even including its soldiers going to the Rafah border and preventing trucks from That's entering right. into Gaza. Right. Bombing convoys, bombing people who, Israel tells them to go to safe areas to get, so, so they can be sheltered and fed and they kill them on their way there. And, and now uh, this game, and this is our next topic, Jess, is, and, and the timing of it, just because now they've waited all of a sudden now, they are vilifying UNRWA and cutting aid 
led by the United States and, and, the, UK. Basically, and, UK. and, and the UK, UK, which suspended aid to UNRWA, the only source and the only really uh, NGO uh, that basically handles feeding, uh, housing, schooling, uh, delivering medicine, medical supplies, and so forth. And uh, unfortunately, what, nine other countries followed suit. So you have about 10 countries, uh, few refused, like Spain, I know, has refused to do so, and, and some other countries. But then you have Canada and Australia and the UK basically uh, stopping uh, or suspending aid uh, to, to, to UNRWA. But isn't that complicity, Jamal? In my mind, that's complicity in the in, in the in the genocide convention, because basically what we have are the United States and some EU countries who are colluding with Israel to uh, to basically starve Palestinians to death. Because as you as you mentioned, you know UNRWA is the primary uh, agency that provides basic humanitarian food needs to the 2.3 million Palestinians living in Gaza. And not only is that being cut, but the Israeli military, as you pointed out, continues to limit and preclude even limited supplies from coming in. The amount of starvation that's going on in Gaza right now, Jamal, is unlike anything we're seeing anywhere else in the world. There's not even in sub-Saharan Africa is it this bad right now. So. The United States, UK, and these other European countries, uh, including Germany, uh, which seems to have nostalgia for genocide, Jamal, but we'll get to that a little bit later, is is acting to further uh, uh, extend this genocide by denying and precluding food, basic food, from getting in to Gaza right now. It's really kind of a a a global a global participation in this uh, genocide against Palestinians. Well, there's no question that uh, the Biden administration suspension is a drastic and, uh, and morally corrupt and indefensible step, Jess. The U.S. is one of the chief donors. They donated, actually, the United States started UNRWA, one right. of the first kind of seed money right. to start UNRWA. Let me right. tell you something. I'm registered at UNRWA because I was born after the Nakba, so my entire family, my birth certificate has an UNRWA stamp on it. Uh, declaring that I am a refugee, and 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 you have millions of Palestinians who are registered by UNRWA, and of course, um, you know many of the Palestinians were able to pull themselves out of the kind of the UNRWA aid that uh, Palestinians needed right after the Nakba in 1948, except for the people in Gaza, right, and in the refugee camps in Lebanon and other refugee camps that are spread basically around Palestine, historic Palestine. So in Gaza now, and we're talking about even before this whole suspension, it's kind of like the timing, they waited to see what the court's going to decide, uh, right. the ICJ, about the genocide. And then they hit them with this charge uh, right after that, 24 hours after the decision, basically to distract from what the ICJ and from the victory that South Africa has achieved in bringing Israel, which uh, justifiably so, to, to face the court uh, and to have someone monitoring basically its genocide and its atrocities. So they come up and they say, oh, I don't know, 10 to 12 people may have, may have, because even when the State Department was asked about, and again, I say, these are allegations, remain, they, they remain allegations. When they were asked uh, 
You know what the State Department spokesperson said? And I'm paraphrasing here. He said, we have not investigated yet. So they're taking, <laughs> they're taking the word of Israel on that. Very honest and believable country. Right. And they said, right. you know, that you have 10 to 12 people who participated. UNRWA itself, which I fault also, fired those 10 people without an investigation. Right. Israel mentions 12. But let's assume, let's assume that they, they, there were. UNRWA employs more than 1,200 people. Right. Responsible for basically feeding 1.8 million people out of the 2.8 million residents of Gaza. So here we go again with the collective punishment, Just Exactly. Then people, you punish an entire population. 1.8 million people suffers suffer now because of the decision. And I want to say another point on this. Israel, the Israeli military, which we know is committing or is being investigated for committing jo uh, genocide. We know it has been implicated in the murder of Palestinian-American journalist Shirin Abu Akleh. We know that its settlers have basically torched the family of the Dawabsha family, basically set their house on fire and, and, and killed their children and, and many other atrocities. And many of these settlers and Kahanists serve in the Israeli military and right. they've been bragging about it and 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 posting videos they're they're incriminating themselves they're posting videos destroying hospitals and schools and 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 and, and they're humiliating Palestinian uh, civilians uh, having them march naked and do all kinds of criminal acts and war uh, I would say war crimes did the United States and these countries ever consider to basically cut aid on Israel. Military no. aid. I'm not talking about food. No, I'm talking no. about military aid as Jamal, they know that they are committing war crimes. Jamal, just the opposite has happened. Just the opposite has happened. In fact, as we have, you know, reported on this show, uh, I don't know how many hundreds of times, but since the genocide in Gaza has happened, if anything, the United States, specifically Joe Biden, and the State Department with Anthony Blinken has increased the amount of support and military supplies that are going to an army, the Israeli army, that is engaged in what South Africa and the rest of the world believes is genocide. So there's no punishment, Jamal. In fact, the only thing that we see coming from the United States and from the UK is a reward, is a reward to support this genocidal activity. And I, I feel like we need to talk about Germany here, Jamal. I really do, just just for a little bit, because you know people are saying, well, why why is Germany, you know, coming out in such support of Israel right now? Is it is it is it like German guilt for their participation in you know in the Holocaust? I don't think it's German guilt, Jamal. You know what I think it is? I think it's German nostalgia for genocide. It seems like the German government has a nostalgia and a longing to participate in yet another genocide just like they did, you know, during World War II. And I think it's disgusting what the United States is doing, supplying a country that is engaging in this genocide and seeing countries like the UK and Germany and other U U UK, uh, NATO, uh, NATO and European countries, you know, supporting this genocide, even with the South African application to the ICJ. They will all be held accountable, Jamal, because we understand that there are some other countries now 
that are going to uh, bring perhaps the United States and the UK to the ICJ or to the ICC as complicit in the genocide that's going on in Gaza right now. So the, the legal battle is not over by any stretch of the imagination. And mentioning in Germany, let's not mention, let's not forget about the genocide in Africa and Namibia. You know, that's an, another major genocide absolutely, that they were reminded by, by the way. No, that's why I think they're nostalgic for, for genocide. I really do. Well, if the standard uh, for cutting aid uh, were a possible connection to war crimes, which <laughs> they should be, then the U.S. would have cut Israel off a long time ago, but it didn't. You it know, increased and, it. And, it didn't and it's, it's clearly it is it. not the case. That's not the standards. This is the double standard that we have. The Biden's administration is guided in this conflict, not by the consistent principle of war crimes, etc., but the strategic interest. That's what they keep presenting to you. And millions of Palestinians are paying the price. And the settlers, the Kahanists, the, the murderers of Shireen Abu Akleh, the murderers of the Dawabsha family, and the daily uh, murder and attacks on Palestinians, whether in Jerusalem or in the West Bank, just basically the United States looks the other way and pretend right. it doesn't exist. Yeah, but Jamal, let me just say, uh, and you've heard me say this a million times, the United States keeps saying that it's in their strategic interest to, to support basically the war crimes that Israel is committing. It's in their strategic interest. But is it really in the last 24 hours uh, drones uh, killed, a uh, drone strike in Jordan killed three American soldiers and wounded probably 30 more. The Houthis are, uh, you know, are basically clogging up and, and, and you know, basically delaying uh, shipments uh, and trade in the Red Sea. You have Hezbollah in, in, in the, you know, on the border with Lebanon that is um, destabilizing the region too. You see what's happening in Iraq. And in Syria, it seems like the United States' idea of a strategic interest to support Israel is falling apart. That argument doesn't make any sense because the support of Israel, if anything, is making the world more unsafe, more unstable. And we see the entire region in the Middle East and North Africa actually being more, more unstable and not in the United States' best interest. So that whole argument about strategic interests does not make any sense and does not line up with the reality of what's happening in the region right no, now. No, and, and uh, many politicians and military leaders spoke about this. You know, it's, it's never been in the interest of the United States. Every single conflict that the United States has been involved in had something to do with Israel, including the Iraq war, including what's ha what happens now in Syria. And I should correct the record a little bit here, and I have some information uh, I'll share it later on, but the but the attack what didn't happen in Jordan, didn't oh, happen did. in Jordan. It okay. happened in Syria. It oh, okay. happened in Syria on the border. They say that in Jordan because they say they say in Jordan because then it, the United has a lot of explaining to, to do to say why these soldiers. That it's we open the can of words to talk about how basically one third of Syria is occupied by the United States. Right. And this is the area where ISIS operates. And somehow ISIS doesn't attack now uh, American interests and they don't attack anybody but the Syrian government, you know. 
Right. And so it's a long it's a it's, it's a long topic that needs to be discussed once I get all the information correct. Yeah, yeah. About it, but basically that's a whole different topic. And now it's basically uh, a way to implicate Iran because they say these uh, came from Iraq and Iran and Iran supports this. It's, but we're back again to Iran. You know, I'm back again that Israel. Uh, and Benjamin Netanyahu from day one egging the United States to drag the United States into a war uh, with Iran. That's the, that's the whole purpose. Anything that happens, all these attacks on U.S. interests in the Middle East, uh, you know, they're going to pin uh, the tail on, 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 on Iran and drag the United States and hopefully... Well, that's what uh, the Israelis uh, want, Jamal. That's what they want. That's what Benjamin Netanyahu... Benjamin Netanyahu doesn't care. He can set the whole region on fire. The hostages can go, that the, the Israeli hostages can die, they get killed, it doesn't matter. More Israelis die, doesn't matter. Getting into a regional war doesn't matter as long as he keeps his seat and he keeps himself out of uh, Israeli jail, basically. And and that's what we're uh, witnessing. But anyway, I'm going to talk about these Israeli politicians, Jess. Okay, and that's I, again... Uh, okay, um, because I have some news about those Israeli politicians, but please go ahead first. Because because <laughs> uh, part of the clause of the ICJ is asking right. to right. stop incitement, incitement to genocide. So now instead of doing so, these Israeli politicians are doubling down on the idea of transferring the, uh, transferring the population of Gaza. They come up with crazy ideas from sending them to to Africa to sending them to the Sinai Desert to building a an island to building a fake island in the Mediterranean uh, to put them a, a, in it and uh, Netanyahu, of course, uh, is now uh, encouraging these settlers to talk uh, to talk about even though the in front of the United States is rejecting it. He's saying no, 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 we don't want to have any Jewish establishing new Jewish settlements in Gaza, but we don't want to see. The Palestinian Palestinians in control in Gaza. I want to control the land, and he says this. That's where everybody getting upset about from the river to to the sea. He said basically Israel must be in control of the land between the Jordan River and the Mediterranean Sea. That's right. That's right, Jamal. And and I think our listeners and viewers should know that two days ago there was a big conference in Jerusalem, and who attended this conference in Jerusalem? Uh, ca- uh, uh, cabinet ministers and the extremist illegal uh, Israeli settlement movement, and their main topic is to resettle. Think about this: resettle. They they called it a celebration. And if you re- if you read the article in Haaretz Jamal, they talked about it. The settlers talked about it as a moment of hope and happiness uh, during a time of gloom in Israel right now, because they're excited about the idea of reestablishing. Uh, Gush Katif, for example, which was right. one of the most grotesque well, settlements in the middle. Actually, of Gaza. the leader of the settlement, Hebron, who who, who yes. used to be in Gush Katif, that's that's the one you're talking about. He went yes. there to celebrate and said, "I'm returning home. I'm going to go back to Gush Katif. I'm going to go back home." And this is happening at a time when a genocide is occurring. Jamal. And so you have you have another. I forgot her name. This woman who I actually I say she's a Hitler uh, reincarnated, and they, these are heavy words. But I forgot her name. I'll I'll talk about it later on. But she's basically um, talking about total uh, annihilation, you know, annihilation, annihilation of Palestinians. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Of course, uh, her father is uh, is an American. He's from the United States, and her mother is from Poland. 
But nevertheless, she wants to see all Palestinians gone. And that's what she said. Then you have, of course, uh, the uh, far-right National Security Minister Itamar Ben-Gavir, who said that we must promote a solution to encourage the immigration of the residents of Gaza. They try to put it in nice words, you know, encourage, like I encourage the immigrations, like getting rid of them. And then <clears throat> the far-right uh, finance minister, Bezalel Smotrich, who also holds a position in the defense ministry, said that Israel will rule there in Gaza, meaning, and in order to rule there securely for a long time, we must have civilian presence. So they want to resettle. So that's settlements, Jamal. When they say civilian presence, that's the code word for illegal Jewish-only settlements in Gaza again. Let's be clear. The intent of this ethnic cleansing is to is to uh, remove any connection whatsoever of indigenous Palestinians from the land in Palestine. And the idea in the middle of a genocide that the Israeli uh, ministers could could have a celebratory party in Jerusalem calling for the resettlement uh, illegally of Jewish-only settlements in Gaza is unbelievable. What did we hear from President Biden about this? What did we hear from Antony Blinken about this? Absolutely nothing. You know, and some, you heard some, and this is a typical Israeli ploy, right, Jamal? You have some people saying, oh, that's not what, what, what the Israelis' intentions are, which is complete BS. But the reality is they're gearing up to put Gush Katif and other settlements back in Gaza, which is not only uh, a, a complete a violation of international law, which Israel is fond of doing, but it will extend the depopulation of Palestinians in Gaza even further. So I have a question for you, Jamal, is are you reading about this in the New York Times, in the Washington Post, in the LA Times? Are we reading about these, these kind of crazed ideas? Uh, I'm afraid that we're hearing more about UNRWA and 10 people who have been alleged to have been, who have you know, we're involved in the October 7th uh, attacks, but we're not hearing anything about these these kind of outrageous claims to resettle with illegal settlements in Gaza. It's it's really disturbing. Well, it's uh, this whole UNRWA thing is, is a major distraction. And of course it's a it distraction is. Of course about it is. the uh, uh, of ICJ ruling and the genocide. And it's really complicity in the starvation of the Palestinian people. So you have, they're taking all measures, all steps, just to really, that's, that takes you back about the transfer. Population transfer is not a crazy idea. It's a real idea. It's happening this is, now. It's this happening is a real now. idea, and yeah. it's not concocted by Israel alone. And, and that's something, this is something very important. There are politicians right here in the United States. You have Europeans who are thinking about this idea. The idea of it started before, but then it didn't didn't work out, sending all the Palestinians into the Sinai under the guise that it's temporary. And you know, and we know what temporary means. Uh, when we heard that in 1948 and 1967 about the refugee refugees, which is basically according to the Fourth Geneva Convention the transfer of populations in and out of right. occupied territory is illegal. In other words, right. 
the transfer of Palestinians out of Palestine is illegal and the transfer of Israeli settlers into Palestinian territories uh, is illegal. illegal. Yes. And, and so the idea was to send them all to the Sinai Desert and, and, and then some of the European countries and other countries will take few, like few thousands in the United States, <clears throat> few thousands into Europe and, and, and so forth. And, and, and the story, I mean, that was the plan so that Israel but can- But it's still the plan, Jamal, it's still the plan. Yeah, but then now they're trying to create different, different scenarios because, because the initial plan, and I, and I assume it stands as such, that is Egypt and Sisi refused. They said, no, no way, we're not gonna do that. I mean, they offered Egypt, and this is, this is, this is uh, from trusted sources just, to wipe its entire IMF debt, okay? Right. And they offered a, a whatever, stipend or foreign aid, I don't know how many billions per year, just like they they are giving Egypt because of the Camp David agreement in, in about $2 billion a year. There, and Egypt is, 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 is in, in such a, uh, the economical bad shape now Right. The the dollar is sixty Egyptian pounds. Wow. A wow. year ago it used to be thirty-five Egyptian pounds. Wow. Five years ago, it used to be about ten to twelve Egyptian pounds. Wow. So this is how dire it is, and, and yet CC refused. He said, We're not gonna do that. And 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 which is I would say kudos to him be for spoiling that plan even though they tried to blackmail and manipulate him because, you know, Egypt is at the verge of collapsing economically. And, they did and the same thing with the uh, King of Jordan. They wanted to send more Palestinians to Jordan. Yeah, to well, but yeah, but the bulk was going to go into the Sinai Desert. Right. And the rest, few, few thousands here and there, and then, and then that's it. Wipe off, basically, the Gaza population of the map. So now... The different things, and and I'm, what I'm watching on TV, on Al Jazeera, and others, I see these poor Palestinians in Gaza sitting on the rubble of their homes and saying, "We're not moving. We're not going anywhere. They've killed my mother. They killed my father. I'm not going anywhere." And so they're finding out that's not going to work. They're also finding out that the people are fighting because also Israel. That's the other thing, is losing. Uh, soldiers and getting many thousands of them are injured and many of them suffer from uh, PTSD and, and, and so forth. So the question is, how long are they able to sustain this? And, 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 and I'm, I'm seeing here the only way, because people try to say different solutions in which we talk about like the most recent now uh, deal that they are working on is to have another temporary uh, cease of ceasefire, ceasefire, I guess, uh, pause in fighting for 45 pause. days, and uh, Hamas would release first 25 uh, uh, of its hostages, and Israel will release 250, and so forth. I hope that this doesn't work out, and I know it's very difficult for Hamas because because part of this 45 days, and I cannot speak on behalf of the people who are suffering and being starved to death to sustain themselves for another 45 days. Because part of that, that's that's where the starvation is working, that Hamas is now might accept this because they need to feed the people. 
Right. But but that's a nonsense because then after 45 days, Israel will continue killing more Palestinians. 100%. We know that. And then after, and after 45 days, even before 45 days, Israel will rene- re- Israel is supposed to release 250 prisoners. They'll arrest instead 500. Exactly. That's what they do. They release some prisoners here and they go to the West Bank. They go, uh, you know, to Jenin and other places and they arrest more Palestinians. Yesterday, disguised as Palestinian women and so forth, they went into a hospital and assassinated three patients in, in a hospital, Jess. They, they impersonated doctors, Jamal, doctors and, and doctors, nurses. Which is, again, I don't know, is that, that a violation? Of, yes. Isn't that a war crime? Yes. Isn't that goes against any... Yes. Any yes. treaty that protects hospitals and doctors and and medical staff. Yes, yes, and yes. We we should move on to. I mean, we're obviously going to continue to report on this, Jamal. But it's not breaking news that nobody trusts Israel and nobody trusts Israel's statements and nobody trusts Israel as a you know uh, to to engage in this kind of so-called uh, prisoner swap and and deal. But it may turn out, as you said, that Hamas does agree to limited uh, ceasefire in order to just demand and insist that some food get in. But the idea that this is somehow going to lead to a permanent ceasefire, no one believes that. No Palestinian believes that. No, no person with any understanding of how, the, how you know, war criminals act believes that that's going to lead to any kind of permanent understanding. And the other thing before we go to our next, our next uh, story, Jamal— uh, and we've been saying this for years and years and years, Benjamin Netanyahu continues to say he is not in support of a Palestinian state. He does not support a two-state solution. I mean, this is stuff we've been talking about for years and years and years, and people have laughed at us because they've said, well, of course Israel wants a two-state solution. That's the only way they're going to get peace. He has come out direct directly, Jamal said, he does not favor the creation of any Palestinian state. And, you know, and of course you hear Biden and Blinken saying, oh, blah, 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 blah. He didn't really say that, but he did say it. And his ministers say it. And Israeli, most of the Israeli population is saying it. So this fiction that we've been talking about forever here on Arab Talk, Jamal, that the two-state solution is dead and has been dead for a long time seems to be confirmed by Benjamin Netanyahu and his own group. Well, if you don't believe anything that Benjamin Netanyahu says, this is something you should believe. (laughs) So moving on to our next topic, Jess, uh, Biden says, uh, I'm paraphrasing, who cares about the Arab-American vote? And then uh, former uh, Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, says that the pro-Palestinian demonstrators are directed and funded by Vladimir Putin. I don't know, Jess, is the Democratic Party losing its compass? What, what's going on? I think it's a little bit different, Jamal. I would say it hasn't. it's losing its compass. I think the delusion of a progressive liberal Democratic Party is finally falling away. And uh, I know that I've been saying this for a long time. You've been saying this for a long time. But in reality, the Democratic Party, especially Nancy Pelosi uh, and all of her deputies and lieutenants, have never been liberal or democratic. They've been selective. They continue to be selective. 
Biden doesn't care about Arab American voters. He doesn't care about black voters. And he doesn't care about, you know, the bulk of the Democratic Party who are below age 50, I might add, the majority of whom are condemning Israel, the majority of whom want to cease fire, the majority of whom who are saying to Biden, you're on the wrong side of history. But Biden has dug M. Harris, by the way, and I'm going to get to Kamala Harris in a minute here, have dug themselves into a lose-lose situation. They are going to continue to support the war crimes and the genocide that are occurring in Gaza and in Palestine right now. And they're going to bet, their bet is, Jamal, that people will see Donald Trump as such a terrible human being that they're willing to take the bet that they can support genocide and still win the election. That's, that's what Biden is counting on because he said that. He yeah. said that there is the former president want to deport Arabs and, and repeat that nonsense. That It is nonsense, Jamal. Uh, and I'll, that, I just want to say again, I'm sorry, I just want to say again, I've made this prediction. You know you don't agree with me. I'm hoping you'll agree with me now. But Donald Trump is going to be our next president because of what Joe Biden is doing with Israel. And so when Donald Trump is president and, to, and takes office in 2025 and, and all the Democrats are up in arms about it, then you have only one uh, person to blame. That's Joe Biden and his support for Israel. Let me share some poll numbers because you started talking about that. This is a poll conducted basically recently, which found that support for Biden's re-election has plummeted among Arab Americans because he's like, yeah, who cares about Arab Americans? Dropping from... Almost 60%, 59% to 17%. I don't know who are this. I haven't met anyone of those 17%, frankly. Have, They're not part of my circle, so I'd like to meet them and, and, and just give them a piece of my mind. A 42% decrease from 2020. And then this was a poll done uh, two months ago. And then another one was released later on, I think it's in November or December, found that two-thirds of Arab and Muslim Democrats now we're adding the Muslim factor, which is more numbers. In Michigan, your home state, Jess, said that they planned to vote against Biden. They don't care who they, they vote against Biden. Uh, while uh, Muslims make up about 1% of probably the entire U U.S. population, but many reside in key states, including Michigan. Swing states. Swing states. Swing state, Michigan. Florida. Which Biden Ohio. won by just, 150,000 votes in 2020. So th there goes his 150,000 votes. Right there, Jamal. That they're going to they're gonna ev evaporate, and that's why he's going to lose. Now, I'm not as angry with Biden, Jess, because also, again, we should believe these politicians, just like I believe that Benjamin Netanyahu does not want to have a two-state. He's been saying that for years. On yeah. and off camera, Biden has been saying that he's uh, just a Zionist <laughs> for years, and so he's not going to take the side of Palestinians on any in any way, including when they seize them. In fact, he lied, and that's that's a big thing. He lied about the forty beheaded babies, and then his spokespeople tried to walk that, back that. But then we have our representative right here in California, Nancy Pelosi who represents the most progressive district in probably in the entire United States, suggesting that the millions, we're not talking about 100 people, 
all these demonstrations happening globally and millions, all these demonstrations millions, happening in the United mil- States now. Millions, you could You throw the word millions who have been demonstrating for what? A ceasefire, a, a meager ceasefire. Not asking anything else. Not asking, you know, give uh, missiles to uh, the Palestinians to defend themselves. They're not asking for anything else. Just a ceasefire to protect the lives of children and women and the innocent. And then she goes around calling them basically agents of Putin. <laughs> uh, it's 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 crazy. I'm I'm so angry. Just you know, like all these young students in their teens and then in their twenties, she's she's vilifying them and labeling them as agents of of Putin, Russian agents. Reminds me of the McCarthy era right. where you didn't like some some guy, an actor or or, or or someone from the LGBTQ community and you labeled them, labeled them as commies. So basically she's saying they are commies, they are traitors to this country. How do we let something like this go? How, how, how does she get away with something like this to label them without evidence? And then on top of this, she's saying, I want the FBI to investigate them. I want, as as someone said it, I think Benjamin, Medea Benjamin, uh, I want Nancy Pelosi investigated for getting money from APAC and, oh, and for, or, for, or for her trading, uh, you know, that was uh, talked about before. I mean, you want to investigate students on college campuses. You want to investigate members of the Jewish Voice for Peace for basically demonstrating and asking for a ceasefire by calling them that they are agents of, of basically, uh, Russia. You know what, Jamal? You know what this says is how desperate Nancy Pelosi is because she is a shill. Nancy Pelosi is a shill for APAC and a shill for the government of Israel. We've been saying that for a long time. People get very angry when we call out Nancy Pelosi because she's a Democrat. She's supposed to be progressive. She's supposed to be liberal. And what we've been saying for years and years and years is look at her voting record when it comes to illegal colonial settlements in Palestine. Look at her voting record when it comes to money that is going to fund war crimes and genocide in Palestine. And now, as I like to say, you know, the the, the kind of patina, the kind of covering, if you will, of Nancy Pelosi as a liberal Democrat is completely shattered. She, she is taking the seat next to Benjamin Netanyahu, Jamal, just as, just as we're speaking now. She's taking her seat at the, uh, on the stage with all the leaders of APAC, from whom she and her lieutenants have received enormous support. And now APAC and pro-Israel supporters, Jamal, are putting pressure on Nancy Pelosi, putting pressure on her to kind of you know up her game. And the statement is not just crazy. It's not just bizarre, it's frankly irresponsible to call for the FBI to investigate people. As you say, Jamal, the only thing people are demanding is stop slaughtering civilians. Let's have a ceasefire. You know, to have the moral courage as a teenager, as a young adult, as an 80-year-old, whatever your age is, and to be called out for demanding the moral clarity of not killing babies, not killing innocent civilians, and being labeled a Putin or a communist, you know, supporter is is just dangerous, and it's just it's just bizarre, Jamal. And I she think needs to be I, I think it goes beyond any political standards. 
I mean, we are, I understand members of Congress, the majority of Congress supports Israel. Majority of Congress buries uh, their heads in the sand. Members of Congress bury their heads in the sand right. when it comes to Palestinian uh, death and, and Palestinian children getting killed. Right. But to, to vilify millions of people for basically exercising their First Amendment and demonstrating in the streets, and she's, she's not any regular member of Congress. She was the Speaker of the House for so many years, the first woman Speaker of the House for, for so many years from a very progressive uh, uh, district, uh, the San Francisco Bay Area, to say something like this and get away with it. Irresponsible. I, you know what? I, I compare this to the lawsuit that was brought against Donald Trump for accusing these two ladies uh, for um, uh, during the elections for whatever stuffing ballots and so forth, and and they won the, the, the they won right. the lawsuit, the defamation and, lawsuit, and the same yeah. thing, the defamation that that idiot uh, Giuliani uh, made uh, against the uh, what's that name, the company, and also now he's going to be bankrupt right. uh, because of making that. This is defamation because she's saying that they are basically foreign agents. I think that there should be a class action lawsuit brought by all these people who have been demonstrating and expressing their opinion against her for accusing them of being foreign agents. Uh, basically, she's accusing them of treason. If you're, I know if, if you're doing the work of, of Putin in this country, you are a traitor. And, and you should be uh, labeled as such if you were. But, but, but since she's making this up, there should be an investigation. Yes, the FBI should investigate, maybe investigate her claims about this, and then she should be brought, basically, there should be a class action lawsuit against her for defaming young students, members of Jewish Voice for Peace who I've been seeing, seniors, um, all kinds of community members, basically. But, I mean, but, you can't label these people, they are old, they are young, they are black, they are white, they are, you know, Latinos and Latinas and so forth, that she's saying that they are basically doing the work of Putin in this country, and some of them are directly con connected to funding, like receiving money. I mean, Jamal, here's what I want to say to to the world and to people in the United States. When Donald Trump is your next president, you need to thank Nancy Pelosi. You need to you need to thank Joe Biden. You need to thank Anthony Blinken and all the people who buried their head in the sand while a genocide was occurring in Palestine. You can thank the Democrats and nobody else that Donald Trump is going to be our next president. And, I, I, you know, I, I think I agree with you 100%. They are basically destroying the Democratic Party, her likes. And oh, by the way, yesterday I watched an interview by the mayor in Michigan, and, and, and he said how Arab Americans declined to meet with Biden's campaign manager. Right. And and I I listened to the interview and 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 the mayor said no I'm not going to vote we're not going to vote for Biden but guess what we also have another election which is a Senate election and we're also not going to vote That's for right. a Democrat right in and our I'm, in our district yes I mean imagine yes so so maybe you should take your prediction farther than this is that you're going to have the presidency in the hand of the Republicans, and assuming this is Donald Trump, you're going to have the both houses in the hands of the Republicans. That's and what's going to happen. I agree, That's Jamal. because of their stupidity. And they should pay. The, and I, I know 
people get alarmed when I say this, uh, Jamal, but Democrats like Pelosi, like Biden, like Blinken, like the Senate, like the Congress have to pay a price. Hakeem Jeffries has to pay a price. They all have to pay a price for, for their complicity in this genocide that's occurring right now. And I, I know that's maybe pretty harsh words and pretty hard words for people to say, but people who actually believe in a ceasefire, who actually believe in morality, who actually believe in international law are being let down, not by the Republicans, Jamal, but by the Democrats, and they need to be called out. I'll just end by saying that Kamala Harris had the audacity to come to the Bay Area yesterday you know, clamoring for reproductive rights, talking about how reproductive rights are on the line if Donald Trump, uh, you know, or the Republicans win the presidency. The audacity of her to say that while she's turning away and turning her head away from the 50,000 Palestinian women who are pregnant right now and being denied access to maternal and child care, who are dying in childbirth, the children who are dying uh, from, uh, from the uh, genocide that's occurring right now. It was outrageous, and there was a huge protest calling her out. So Democrats, you know, you need to look in the mirror because you're the ones that are bringing Donald Trump back to the United States. And this is what's happening, Jess. Every time Biden opens his mouth, um, Kamala Harris opens her mouth, you have someone amongst the audience who says something about the ceasefire Every about, time. And, and about their connection to that genocide that's going on and they're going to be reminded for the next 10 months uh, prior to the election and, and if this is what they want and oh, maybe uh, Nancy Pelosi when I accuse all these people being Russian Asians who are interrupting her speech also in Seattle and interrupting Kamala Harris's speech just like within the past 24 hours and others, she wants, she, she wants to accuse them of being Russian Asians. Well, uh, everybody should thank Nancy Pelosi for Donald Trump. That's all I got to say. You've been listening to Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco 89.5 FM. Go to our website, arabtalkradio.com to download the latest shows and we'll speak to you next week. See you next week.